Let's do it. This is Buccaneers Total Access, Total Access with head coach Bruce Arians. Dropping back to throw Brady. Has all kinds of time. Throws a deep pass far sideline toward Godwin. It's caught. Touchdown Tampa Bay. Chris Godwin. Brought to you by Advent Health. With award-winning care and a network of convenient locations, Advent Health is here to help you feel whole. Learn more at yourcareyournetwork.com. Fire the cannons. Now your host, Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips and head coach Bruce Arians. Welcome into Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Advent Health. Casey Phillips here with our head coach, Bruce Arians. And coach, first of all, so sorry the way the season came to an end. It's never good when you're finishing on a loss and not the Super Bowl win. But I have to imagine there is at least some solace in the idea of being down 27-3, tying it up with 42 seconds left. I, now that you've had a little bit of time to look back on this, how were you guys able to come back? And, and what did that comeback mean to the feeling you guys have today? Yeah, I mean, it was an awesome, awesome effort in all three phases. You know, our kickers kicked good there at the end. Defense kept getting turnovers. Offense turned them into touchdowns. So um, you'd like to play mm, 35, 40 minutes like that the whole yeah. game. But uh, we got ourselves back there, and then we didn't make the plays to win it at the end. And I know for uh, Brady's game, I know he was pressured several times. But outside of those situations, how did you view his performance and the way that he led a comeback like that? No, I thought it was fantastic. You know, he was getting hit, and um, but he continued to battle and the, the positivity on the sideline, really with everybody, but especially Tom, uh, is always there. So you, you never, you're never out of it. And I know he said after the game that he wasn't ready to talk about his future. For for you as the head coach, what is that process like moving forward? The conversations to have with him and uh, not knowing exactly how long you do or don't have him as your quarterback. Yeah, it's just a matter of, you know, we'll visit uh, today for a couple of minutes and uh, go go do what you got to do and, and, and find what you want to do, you know, whether it's come back or give it up. or uh, But it's all on him now, and uh, we respect his time. And whenever the end of the Tom Brady era is, whether it's now or at this point, who knows, 20 years from now, the way <laughs> he's been playing, um, what have you seen that he's brought here in terms of the culture and the attitude you talked about after the game, you're never out of it when Brady is your quarterback. How do you keep that mindset for a team whenever his time here is over or make sure that that is not just a thing that came with him? Yeah, it's a belief in your, in your, your, your quarterback. And, um, and, and that, that's not just coaching staff, that's team. And uh, when you have a guy like Tom who's been there and done it, it's easy to follow. Um, now, if it's somebody else next year, we'll have them ready to play, and uh, it'll be a different leadership group um, because it won't be Tom. Mm -hmm. And now he was uh, sacked three times in the game, I think, pressured and hit a fair amount of time. We knew that the offensive line had been banged up this last week. What of that was injury-related and having to have some new guys in there, and what was what the Rams were doing as you look at the, the issues up front? Yeah, they're an excellent group, and, um, you know, it was – really individual breakdowns versus any kind of injuries. And, uh, you know, i got to give Ryan Jensen and Josh Wells unbelievable credit for playing injured mm -hmm. and, and playing well injured. Um, Josh left the game, came back. Um, Von Miller got Donovan a couple of times. And uh, it was just here and there. Um, overall, it was we had them enough to win the game you know, offensively. 
And how did that decision work throughout the week when you weren't sure about who was going to be in there on the offensive line and all the potential combinations you might need to use? And then, of course, even Nick Leverett ends up coming in for Josh Wells for a bit. How did that work in game planning? And then what ended up happening on Sunday? Yeah, we pretty much practiced and game plan with the group we had and uh, knowing Ryan was going to go, um, doubting Tristan Wood. And uh, so it was really the group that practiced and uh, was ready and the game plan was set, so it really wasn't that much. And to now know that Tristan will end up having surgery, uh, what are you guys looking at in terms of his readiness for next year and uh, what the, the offensive line could look like with him back in time or versus not? Yeah, I, I think that's still all up in the air whether he's going to have surgery. Okay. And uh, so we'll wait and see, but I think he'll be more than ready for camp. Okay, and then uh, overall, just now that we're at the end of the season looking back, offensive line, big picture, pass game, run game, what did you see out of their performance and, and the grades that you would view as the season overall? Oh, that was outstanding for, for 19 games, whatever it was. Well, they were they were dominant most of the time and did a great job protecting um, showed a great resiliency, and uh, yeah, I think they were the strength of our football team. And I know Fournette was definitely the recipient of a lot of their good play, but he also uh, had an incredible season as well, and then finally came back this game after missing the playoffs injured. 51 yards rushing, 56 yards receiving, including an incredible one-handed grab for for a 20-yard gain that he had. Um, First of all, what did you see from his game in particular coming off of that injury? Yeah, I thought he was ready last week, and just a little bit stretched it on Friday. So I knew watching him in practice, he was going to he was going to be back to playoff Lenny and uh, and he did play a well of a ball game. And he has scored in every postseason game that he's played for us uh, and he has seven straight postseason games with a touchdown which is tied for the fourth longest streak in NFL history. Why has he been so effective particularly getting in the end zone in the postseason? Yeah, a lot of short yardage stuff, but again, like we had that fourth and one, they pinched everybody inside for a quarterback sneak, and he just bounced it out one-on-one with a corner. And uh, But yeah, he's, he's made the most of his opportunities, that's for sure. Yeah, I wanted to hear a little bit more about that play in terms of what you guys had figured. That, was this a bit of a, you knew they would expect the quarterback sneak, so this was the plan, or was it a bit of a call once you saw what they did actually out really there? You really have two plays called. You have the sneak called if they're split, and uh, really, you, the running play that we have, Tom could keep it. And... Uh, when they all pinched down inside, uh, everybody, all the tight ends did a heck of a job and, uh, and pinning their guys in, and Lenny bounced it out. And what did you see from him this season overall, and even looking back to last year, where his growth has been on and off the field, and, and just what you think his future is, either here or in general in the NFL? I think he's got a great future, and hopefully it's here. You know, it's um, just seeing him grow as a, as a person and a player, uh, passing game especially in the last year and a half has, has been tremendous. I know he came out of the gates just firing that first couple plays, a 10-yard gain, an 11-yard gain. It definitely looked like the offense and the run game in particular was going to be off to this incredibly fast start. But then I think after that, Brady was 0 for 4. And what seemed to stall out offensively early in the game after those first couple plays? Yeah, it was third down. We just didn't convert third down, and uh, we didn't get off the field on third down defense. It was exactly opposite of last week against Philadelphia. And that's how you, that's how you get to fast starts. You control the ball, making third down conversions, and you get off the field on defense. And, um, and we did hold them to three points defensively. But, uh, yeah, offensively, we just we weren't – in the passing game, was not clicking early. 
We're talking to head coach Bruce Arians and uh, Mike Evans just doing typical Mike Evans things. 119 yards and a touchdown. Tied his own record for uh, postseason game yards. Broke Keyshawn Johnson's Buccaneer record for most career postseason receiving yards. Uh, what worked so well for him this game, especially when you a lot of times have a guy like Jalen Ramsey on him? Yeah, if you remember last year, he, he got Jalen Ramsey pretty good when they went man-to-man. And uh, and they I guess they felt pretty good with that matchup. And we surely liked it, that's for sure. And uh, a great route and, and throw by Tom on a touchdown and uh, set him up pretty good. And uh, uh, Mike is cre- incredible. And what have you seen from his season overall of just where he's at in his career and, and how you've seen him grown grow these last few years in his career overall? Yeah, Mike came in in the best shape of his life this year. And I, I think just changing his diet and doing some things, um, it's going to really help his longevity for a long time. And Gronk, uh, speaking of longevity of just doing things so well for so long, uh, 85 yards, which put him past Michael Irvin for third most postseason receiving yards. What did you learn about what he means to this offense, both in the time that he was out and you didn't have him, but then also in some of these incredibly pivotal games and pivotal moments that he seemed to always be the guy that you could count on to make that game-swinging play. Yeah, and I think he benefits a lot from people double-teaming Mike outside because he's always singled inside. And uh, that's, a, that's a heck of a matchup, him on linebackers, him on safeties. But Gronk always shows up in big moments, and I think a lot of that is Tom's trust in him. To know that you weren't going to have Brashawn Perriman, Cyril Grayson, or Ronald Jones, what was the effect on the offense overall of the decisions you were going to be making on the different weapons and just what this offense would need to look like overall with so many different people injured? Yeah, Cyril was close. And, uh, you know, John Brown came in this week and we had him up. He played a couple plays. But uh, Tyler's injury uh, set us back a little bit. Uh, Cam Bray jumped in and played wide receiver and did a heck of a job. It's kind of nice to have tight ends that you're mm-hmm. like, yeah, sure, you can go in and play yeah. wide receiver. Um, what did you see from Scotty Miller and Tyler Johnson before his injury of what they looked like out yeah, there? Yeah, I think they both stepped up good, and uh, Scotty especially. He, he made some big, big plays in this game. And, uh, well, we had him one time for a touchdown and missed it. But, uh, yeah, I, I think his, his game was one of his best. Tyler played really solid. And outside, I mean, we know – Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, we, we know them, we know their talent and what they could be. Outside of those guys, what do you see as the potential of your other wide receivers and where you'd like to see them grow moving forward? Well, I think Scotty and Tyler and Jalen just continue their normal growth. You know, they make really big leaps each year. Scotty, obviously, with the toe this year, missed a bunch of time. It was great getting him back out there because he is a, he is a weapon. And uh, Tyler's just continued growth. And then same thing for OJ and Cam. Each of them had a catch. Um, but I know there were definitely times this season when they weren't as involved in the passing game as either years past or, or maybe what um, we hope their potential could be. What do you want to see each of them improve on or what you think their roles could or should be moving forward? Well, yeah, the tight end room is probably unique right now. We only have one under contract. Yep. So uh, we'll, we'll have to wait and see uh, who's lining up there. Uh, but uh, we know what Cam can do, and he's, he's a special guy too. But, uh, yeah, the rest of them, it's, uh, that's, that's the rebuild. Mm-hmm. And looking at that of the fact that on both sides of the ball, but particularly offense, to know that you were able to bring all these guys back last year, knowing how hard that is to do even for one year, much less for two, knowing that there is going to be a lot of potential changes, uncertainty with that. What is the process now for you guys this offseason to do that? If we know that's a lot of Jason Light and his team, but your role with it, the communications you guys have of, of how those decisions start to pan out. Yeah, it's all financial. And um... You know, we, we'll pick and choose 
as many of the guys that we can get back and um, then start rebuilding the team. And uh, that's, that's a lot of fun to that too. And uh, through the draft and also through free agency and uh, mainly free agency, just like last year is going to be our own guys. Yeah, it's true. And flipping over to the defensive side a little bit, um, I know that there were those couple big catches to Cooper Cup at the end of the game to set up the field goal. What happened uh, on those in the miscommunication there on the defensive side? Well, the first one I thought was the biggest play when uh, we were playing two man and Sean fell down and uh, and they hit him. We, we got good pressure, but it was a great throw by Matt, but we can't fall down in that situation. The second one was an all-out blitz, and um, going back and look at it, everybody got the call. We just didn't execute it very well. Mm. And. I mean, Cooper Cup, 183 yards, and we've seen that. I mean, he's basically been the best wide receiver in football this season statistically. What has made him so effective and what makes him so challenging, even when you know he's their primary weapon to try to cover? Well, yeah, the one was just a total busted coverage. Um, you know, the, the long third and 20 play for a touchdown, um, that can't happen. And uh, so that's, that's a big part of his yardage, as is the last play. We just got to cover him better and get a better, better rush. Sue was getting real close, but it wasn't quite enough. And Odell Beckham Jr., 69 yards. He was very involved, especially early. What is the challenge of having him as the number two guy when, it, when a guy that talented is, is your number two to a guy like Cooper Cup? Yeah, I thought Jamel Dean did a really good job on him. And uh, nothing that was game break. He got across the field on us one time and uh, on play action, but uh, it really wasn't anything dynamic. And... Their offense early, I know they only went to third down once on their first couple scoring drives. What was working so well for them earlier or slower to get started on the defensive side for us? Uh, yeah, we knew they they were going to try to throw it every down because they can't run it on us. And uh, we just didn't didn't do a good enough job of getting pressure and um, in those downs. And, and Matt came out really, really hot. And we know the corners in particular, that was the group that was so hard hit by injury this year, missed so much time, hardly got any time all together as a unit. So in the time each of them was available, what did you see from their play and the hopes for them moving forward in the future? Yeah, they've all, I thought Jamel Dean really, really improved this year. And, and Sean going through all his injuries um, has made really good improvement. Austin um, Carlson is, is the bell cow of that group uh, with Jordan Whitehead. So they'll be big guys that uh, we'll have to see in free agency. Antoine's back, and he's made great growth. So I think all those young corners, Diddy Delaney really had a great year for, for a guy that just came out of nowhere. And uh, so, yeah, we've got, we've got a nice group to build with. And then the safeties, you brought up uh, Antoine being back, but overall the safeties play this year and uh, maybe where they grew the most and, and same thing of where you would like to see them go in the future. Yeah, um, we, we gave up too many big plays that, that were uncalled for. And uh, as good as we we play back there, we're ball hawks. We're doing a good job. We just we can't. We got to get rid of those, those plays and uh, to be the secondary that we can be. And Levante had 11 tackles. Devin had eight. Uh, both of them had tackles for loss. What did you see out of the two of them in this game? No, oh, they were flying around. Yeah, they were they were trying to do everything they could to get the ball back. And um, yeah, I, I love the performance in the fourth quarter, other than the last 40 seconds. And Devin, we know, is, I mean, the growth we've seen out of him, especially even just in a leadership role, to now be the guy that's, you know, everybody turns to even at his young age to be the, you know, a captain of that defense. Where do you see the most improvement that he's had since coming in? And where all do you think he can still, where is his ceiling essentially for where he's at now? Oh, it's still, it's still up there. I mean, he can get so much better, and he's, he's really good now. But uh, it's understanding of the total defense and how it fits and how he fits 
not just playing out there on straight ability, which is pretty daggone good. And I know the defense forced four turnovers uh, all since the final seconds of the first half. So um, what were you most proud of in terms of the way they were able to produce those turnovers when that was going to be the only option to get back in the game? Yeah, I mean, that, that was a big one. Right before half, Antoine getting that ball out, and that was really close. But that was a great strip because, I mean, they're on the doorstep uh, to score before half, and they're going get, to get the ball after halftime. So that was big. Uh, obviously, Sue's uh, creating a fumble. All those guys just ball hawking it. And um, it, it was an outstanding job by them getting the ball back for us for sure. Yeah, did the uh, Sue forced fumble recovered by Levante, did that uh, make up for their unsportsmanlike penalties? <laughs> a little bit, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, that was uh, very uncharacteristic for three of your biggest leaders to all be getting those. Uh, what was your reaction as a coach in those moments to them? Yeah, I thought Tom's was totally uncalled for and um, by the referee. I mean, he got hit in the face, his lips bleeding. There had to be some kind of contact. And uh, I don't think any other referee in the league would have thrown the flag. And I know that uh, Cam Akers had, had shown that he was a very talented guy, held him to 48 yards and... Uh, just wanted to hear what you thought about your rush defense, even knowing how far ahead they were and how much they would have liked to have probably been running it a lot more and chewing up more clock to know that they didn't really feel like they had the option to do that. Yeah, that, that, was, uh, that was the main focus coming in, was to make them throw it a bunch. And uh, uh, knowing that, that we could dominate that offensive line and tight end group to, uh, to stop the run. And overall, big picture this year, how did you feel about the run defense and particularly the guys up front that knowing for all three years it's been just such a successful thing? Where did you think this year ranked compared to the other couple years and, and where you guys finally ended up on thinking, yeah, this is how our rush defense looked this year? Yeah, I think it slipped a little. We had a couple games and a couple halves where we got out of our gaps and got cut out of our gaps. But for the majority, we were, we were still one of the best in the league. And how about on a pass rush Looking at the season overall and then these last couple games, I know you were without Shaq for a while, without JPP for a while, had to do some different rotations. But season overall and then this game in particular, how did you feel about the pass rush? I thought we had some pressure, not enough. Our interior guys, Sue and, and, and Vita, had a real good game. And, uh, and they had good matchups. Uh, the outside guys, I think JPP had a heck of a game. Shaq is still you got that brace on and it's not the same guy. But... Uh, yeah, I think going for the future with, with Joe and Nelson, um, Cam, Gill, I mean, it's a nice group to, to continue to work with. And then you brought up what a great game Vita had. He, he got a sack, and um, I'd love to hear a little bit about that play in, in particular, but what made his game so successful in there? Yeah, I mean, he dominated the center and the guard. I mean, just and they could not run the ball towards him or away from him. And, uh, and again, power rush inside to the quarterback is one of his things, and um, it was a good matchup for him. And looking at the defensive line all year, whether it be Vita, Sue, Will, Nacho, Steve McClendon, all these guys, what did you think was the, the biggest strength of the year and, and where you maybe saw the, the most growth out of some of the maybe you know, role players when they had to step in there? Yeah, I think the veterans, they stayed sound. You know, they were as good as they've always been. Uh, and there was no slip. Nacho and Vita just continued to improve and dominate on the inside. And uh, so, yeah, I think that group is, um, you know, We'll see, again, a lot of free agents in that group, so we'll have to see what we got. 
yeah, it's a phrase that you've, I feel like you've probably said to yourself for a couple of years now, a lot of free agents mm-hmm. um, makes the job interesting. Now on the special team side, I know there were definitely some moments it was not up to the standards you guys have for them. Um, what happened on a, particularly the, the couple kicks out of bounds that uh, Bradley Pinion did letting them start from the 40? Yeah, we were trying to go deep left and for whatever reason kept hitting into that wall of wind mm. and uh, just knocking it down, which Bradley usually kicks it out of the end zone in that direction. So we went back to deep middle and, and, uh, and the wind wasn't a factor. But, uh, yeah, that's so unlike him to not reach deep in the end zone. And then looking at his season overall, how did you feel like his performance was? A little bit up and down. You know, I, I thought he punted really well the last couple of ball games. Uh, he struggled there with an injury for a while. Then we, we set him down and rested him. Let Sterling punt, and I think he rebounded pretty good. And uh, how about Ryan Suckup? We know there was a, a few times that you had mentioned that there were some misses that you thought were uncharacteristic and couldn't have, but looking big picture at the season, uh, how was his performance, and then in particular this game? I think, again, inconsistent for him. You know, we're so used to seeing 90% out of him, and uh, for him to miss that one, as obviously came up, it was big. Jalen Darden, uh, we know he left the game with a concussion. What do we know about just his health overall after that? Yeah, that's his second one, so it'll be real good. It's a good thing he's got a lot of time to rest and recover from it. But uh, I think, again, bright, bright future as a receiver and a returner. And the coverage teams, you know, the, the unsung heroes of the team that we don't always get to talk about, now looking back on the whole year, uh, what did you learn about some of these young guys and who could maybe have a future both on special teams and maybe earning a spot out on the field based on how they've played there as well? Yeah, I think all three of those young linebackers, Joe, KJ, and Grant, all stepped in exactly while we drafted them. Good, solid backup linebackers their first year. Joe obviously played a lot more on, on, on defense, but really improving our special teams and those guys were the bell cows and looking at the team overall this year what would you say you're most proud of of what they were able to accomplish or ways that you saw growth just as a coach when you sit back what makes you happiest to look back on and see what they were able to do yeah the next man up philosophy they bought it and uh, a lot of teams don't buy it you know they'll, they'll take the easy way out these guys no matter who it was like having john brown for the last game a week and uh, but you're up you're playing and I think the coaching staff did a great job. Jason did a great job of getting quality guys, but we, coaching staff, I thought, did a great job of having them ready quickly. And they all, they all came in and they all stepped up. You know, Cyril's improvement and, and his big play, uh, all the way to Le'Veon, um, just all the way across the board, I, I saw guys taking opportunities and seizing them. And then to talk about some of those coaches that I know their jobs got a lot harder with all those injuries and having to do a lot of extra work. Let's talk Byron Lefwich and Todd Bowles. What were the things that you saw out of each of them of either Byron still being fairly new at this role and the way that he grew in that area and then what Bowles, who has so much experience but had to deal with probably more injuries than he's ever had to deal with before, what you were most impressed by both of them and the way they handled everything? Yeah, just the steady growth in our offense, you know, being able to average 30 points. Uh, that's not easy in this league, and uh, you know, with don't care who's playing quarterback. But Byron did a great job, I think, of seeing what was best for us. You know, we started using a lot of hurry up, and uh, that the, just that plan alone, um, being able to go in and out of different plans, and uh, really grow as a coordinator. Uh, probably going to get a shot at being head coach, and uh, I think Todd Todd probably had his hardest year. You know, having to protect guys you know when we when you start losing your top corners and um you got to find ways to still be aggressive but also protect them and i thought man he did a great great job 
So you brought up the idea that there's a chance you could lose one or both of them to head coaching opportunities. How does that process now work for you knowing that is a potential, if it were to happen, the process of replacing them? Yeah, that's already started. It's uh, what if this, what if that. You just what if, you, what if yourself to death. But <laughs> yeah. uh, it's more of a wait-and-see game. And, and, and we've got some young guys to promote, and uh, we've got some guys that want to come. So we'll, we'll see how this all plays out. What do you look for in someone in that kind of a role for you? If you're the head coach and they're going to be your coordinator, what are the characteristics or traits that you want? Uh, leadership. Because you're, you're in front of that room, and they're going to they're gonna adapt your personality. And... Uh, so, yeah, definitely leadership. And finally, for you personally as a coach this year, what were the most challenging and rewarding aspects of the season for you? For me, challenging uh, dealing with this damn Achilles <laughs> on the sidelines. Uh, but uh, it's always rewarding. Uh, you know, it's not the same when confetti does come down and you get rings. But uh, to, to win that number of games with that many injuries, and uh, it's very rewarding to watch our guys uh, fight the way they fight. Well, Coach, thank you as always for your time. Thank you for doing the show with us all season long. And I know you didn't make it all the way, but still congratulations on a, on a successful season and, and good luck with all the decisions and choices you're going to have to make this offseason. You bet. Thank you. It's been great. Coming up next on Buccaneers Total Access, we have radio color analyst and former Buccaneer player Dave Moore brought to you by Advent Health. This is the Buccaneers Radio Network. Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Advent Health. It's intercepted, picked off down the sideline, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown Tampa Bay! Touchdown Buccaneers, Jamal Dean! Now more with head coach Bruce Arians and Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips. We are back here on Buccaneers Total Access, presented by Advent Health, and I am so excited to be joined now by radio color analyst and former Buccaneer Dave Moore. Dave, thanks for being with me. Uh, happy to be here. Well, Tough day. Yeah, you, you, you drew the short straw <laughs> on uh, having to talk about this on the, the low point here after a loss. But I know you, by being the color analyst on radio, you were there for every moment of the season. So I also felt like you were a perfect person to get kind of the big picture overall look at the year now that it's come to a close. Uh, before we get into kind of some of the big picture stuff, let's just first talk about that comeback. Um, I mean, to come back to tie it after being down 27 to 3, First of all, what did that say to you about this team, and what do you think actually enabled them to be able to make that comeback? Well, uh, the biggest thing that sticks out in your mind is really just the ability to defense to get those turnovers in the second half. You know, obviously, when you're down like that and the offense is struggling, um, for the defense to to change the momentum and, and get some takeaways, obviously that enabled the offense to have the opportunities they needed to come back and tie the game. But you know, this is the type of team you can call, excuse me, you can call it the Tom Brady effect or whatever. But you know, when you have him at the quarterback position and you know when you're going to give him opportunities, he's proven it so many times that he can go down the field and and make those plays in key situations that, you know, keeps everybody in it regardless of the score. And, you know, I've been on football teams where, you know, offensively, if we couldn't run the ball, we weren't going to drop back and throw it all day. We had great defenses. And, you know, if you got down by two touchdowns, you didn't feel great when you were in the huddle, you know, not being able to get down the field and get those touchdowns you needed. But, with Tom Brady, it's a little bit different, and you can see that in the offense and the way they play and everything else. Which, of course, you know, talking about that and how much of a Brady effect there has been, um, now we don't know for sure what his future holds. He wouldn't talk about it after the game, said he was still focused on that. 
Um, what do you think about the future of this team with Brady next year, without it? And is there a way to, whenever his time here eventually comes to a close, whether it's now or heck, you know, 20 years from now at the rate he's playing, um, what do you think are the odds they can keep the Brady effect that it had? What are the ways that you think this is a team that can still have that comeback from 27 to three mindset? You know, how does this next person taking the helm try to handle that? Uh, that's, that's a tremendous question. It's a very loaded question. I think we all learned over the last 24 months how significant a good quarterback that has the ability to do the things that he does makes a difference to your football team. We, you know, you and I, collectively I've seen a lot of quarterbacks in Tampa Bay and come and go and you know to have somebody like that and the ability to make plays in those key situations and understand what the defense is trying to do is something that we've never had the experience and, and me as a player for a long time you know there, there, there's not many guys that have that capability of doing that and you know to have the belief of the people around them and, and how they you know react to the way he plays is, you know, it's very hard to predict, you know, you, you listen to teams around the league, like the Bengals for an example. I mean, they feel like Joe Burrow is that guy. And you can see over the last 12 months, that team completely change in the way they play games, their intensity, their belief, their, you know, their willingness to do that extra because they feel like they have that guy. So whoever would be the predecessor to Tom Brady, would have to come in and prove that to the teammates. Now, the good news is everybody that is on the roster now that would remain understands, you know, making plays in key situations and being able to handle the pressure and all that part of it. It's just the belief in who's running that offense is really what's going to determine um, their ability to come back in those type games and, and be able to make the plays when they need to make them. We're talking to radio color analyst, Dave Moore here. And, you know, the fact that Brady still was able to lead the kind of comeback he was and have the kind of game he did, despite an offensive line that was missing one of its best guys and uh, not at a hundred percent, even with the guys that were in there, what did you see from them and the way they were able to, still at least enable him to do what he was able to do down the stretch, but the way that they through kind of a patchwork, bring this guy in, bring this guy in approach going against one of the best defensive fronts in the league. Uh, what did you think of their performance in the game? I think they did a, a really a, a great job under the circumstances. You know, I said after the game, it's the injuries finally caught up with this football team. They've been able to overcome them all year long. Uh, but obviously, with the exit of Antonio Brown, the loss of Godwin, you lost Perryman, you know, Tyler Johnson got hurt in the game. So you're running your two-minute drill, and you have Cameron Brait as your slot receiver because you're out of bodies. Darden went down there with the concussion. So, I mean, you know, now you're out there. You don't even have enough bodies at wide receiver position, no less, you know, having the, the guys that you that you really need. And compounded by the fact that you lost your all, all pro right tackle. And then, you know, kind of that outside linebacker, you know, Floyd and uh, Von Miller, they were those quicker, smaller guys. And you can see Donovan Smith was having trouble getting surface area because Von Miller kept dipping and cutting a corner off on him. So, you know, they really struggled in protection and, and, knowing going into the game that the Rams are not the type of team that you want to get behind on 
because they're going to jump right into those defensive line stunts where it makes it very difficult to pass guys off. And, you know, you have the best defensive interior tackle in football and Aaron Donald, as well as those athletic guys on the outside. So the necessity to start fast and keep the game close and keep the defense a little bit off balance uh, got away from them and it made it very difficult. And even with that, they had opportunities. They did some things to line up Gronkowski on the right to help Tristan Wirfs and keep Fournette in and Giovanni Bernard in to help with protection to buy some time. And, and yes, they were able to do that down the stretch, even coming from so far behind. So to answer your question, you know, you give them all a lot of credit because they did follow the next man up mentality. Uh, they played their butts off, but you know, that, that injury bug got them and it gets everybody, but it was pretty compounded this year. And, and even when you look at back into the season as a whole, you know, starting week one with the loss of Murphy Bunting, I mean, this is really a group that's, you know, it's been done by committee all year long. You know, Shaq Barrett, JPP was out. I mean, you look at pretty much any position, even at the tight end position with Gronkowski being out, the run back, running backs got all the way down to, you know, Vaughn was really the only guy. And then they, you know, bought up Barner. And, you know, so you look all the way across the board outside of the quarterback position, they all got bit. I mean, you know, Lamonte David was out. So you look position by position and, and they dealt with it over the course of the year and still to win 13 games playing by committee on both offense and defense is, is pretty admirable. But, you know, ultimately you get judged about how far or by how far you go and, you know, if you can make it there. But, you know, I, I think um, those injuries really played a big part, especially yesterday. And how about that running back position? You talked about what it went down to with some of the injuries, but looking at the group as a whole, uh, what do you think about this group of running backs and, what it could look like moving forward again. There's so many potential free agent situations. Now it's going to be interesting to see what this roster looks like as a whole next year. But what did you learn about guys like Giovanni Bernard, Keyshawn Vaughn, Ronald Jones? We saw that Fournette had an incredible year. Um, but what did you learn about the rest of those guys and who could potentially have a future here and, and play a significant role? Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure who's under contract, who's not. That's not my area. I just explained what's going on. But <laughs> when you when you look at that, you know, the running backfield, I mean, they're all good uh, and they all complement each other very well. They're all different a little bit. I think Fournette is probably the most well-rounded. He did a great job in pass protection as well as catching the ball. And he's improved on that tremendously and his ability to run the ball and be physical and all those type things. He's probably the most well-rounded, but then you, you know, you bring in a Ronald Jones and he's downhill, high knees, powerful, he runs very well. I think Vaughn would probably be the second uh, to be the most well-rounded. Uh, he improved his hands. Uh, the question is going to be, can he be that third down guy and, and be able to protect because he is kind of a smaller guy, but he's a powerful runner. He's elusive in the open field. He catches the ball well. And then the third down, Giovanni Bernard, I was, I was very impressed with him. He got banged up and was kind of in and out all year. But he made some big plays. He got in the open field and showed that he still has that explosiveness, you know, to accelerate, make guys miss when he gets out in space. So really that those three guys combined is, is pretty darn good. And, and the, the way this offense runs, it almost appears like they like to have that designated third down back. You know, we saw it with LaShawn McCoy last year. Uh, they bought in Bernard, and then you saw Le'Veon Bell come in for a short period of time and, and be that guy. 
so it's almost like they like to have that one, two, where, you know, you get in those spread offense for major personnel group, and they like to have a, a back specifically for that. Now, Fournette was obviously capable of doing it all and did and did well, but it's hard for a back, you know, to play every single down, you know, at this level, you need that one, two. And so, it, but really, I would feel pretty good with, you know, those three guys and be comfortable with it you know, whoever they can retain and then add to. All right. We have more coming up here on Buccaneers Total Access brought to you by Advent Health. This is the Buccaneers Radio Network. You're listening to Buccaneers Total Access. Hot ball! Touchdown Tampa Bay Antonio Brown! Brought to you by Advent Health. What an answer by Brady in the box! With head coach Bruce Arians and Bucks insider Casey Phillips. Welcome back to Buccaneers Total Access brought to you by Advent Health. We have radio color analyst and former Buccaneer Dave Moore here with us. Uh, we were talking about some of the different position groups on offense. And of course, with your history as a tight end, got to talk to you about this tight end room. What did you learn about what Gronk meant to this offense? Maybe even more than we had realized, especially when he missed time. And we've known how incredible he is as a tight end, but to see the effect he has on both the run and pass game. And now when similar to Brady, we don't know what Gronk's future is going to be. When you now know what we look like without Gronk, what that would mean for guys like Cam and OJ, if he did not come back and just what you think that position group room uh, needs out of those two guys or the type of guys they would maybe need to bring in to make up for maybe not having Gronk. Well, I think the biggest thing we, we lost when Gronk was out that, that chemistry between Gronk and Brady. I mean, it was very clear that, you know, Gronk was Brady's security blanket. When he didn't like what he was seeing in front of him on defense, it didn't matter if he was covered. He was a big body. He was able to shield defenders. He was going to protect Tom Brady. You know, if he threw it uh, where it could potentially be intercepted. And then, you know, the big thing that you notice watching the film is, is Gronk's ability to block. You know, O.J. Howard, was drafted to be that guy and, and does a, a decent job at it, but Gronk just kind of, you know, brings it to another level. But really, it's just the comfort level. So I think one's tied to the other. I think if Tom Brady uh, decides that he's done, I think Gronk may as well. But th- that chemistry is really the, the biggest difference. Remember when Gronk early on, um, when Gronk first got here, O.J. Howard was the guy that got most of the targets before he wound up hurting his Achilles. So I think that was their intent was to use Gronk situationally. Now, I'm saying this from my opinion. I don't know if there's any you know, truth to it or not, but just from watching the games early on, you'd see a lot of those tight end screens and a lot of the option type routes. They were going to O.J. Howard before he hurt his Achilles. And then Gronk stepped in to play full time. And then all of a sudden you saw the, the difference in the chemistry between Tom Brady and Gronkowski because they had played together so long. Uh, Cameron Bray really did a great job this year uh, off the ball as kind of an H-back. They lined him up in the backfield. He did a good job pulling around, cross-blocking in the backfield, did a lot of things to play to his strengths. Uh, his strength was not hand on the ground blocking those defensive ends. It was in motion. It was in the backfield and it was blocking on the run and did a great job. And he was really, for the majority of the season, the third down tight end. They would split him out. They'd use him in space. He caught the ball well. Every two-minute situation, he would have catches. He would run his you know, option routes, hooks routes, things like that. And Brady looked very comfortable with him. So, yeah, I, I, I think if, 
you know, the quarterback situation is going to change. It's a matter of, you know, who's going to build the chemistry with that quarterback the best. Uh, but they're both very good tight ends. Talking about Brate and O.J. Howard, that I don't know that you, you feel like you need to run out and get somebody else. I just think this is a, an anomaly just because of the chemistry that those two players have between Gronk and Brady. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. And then similarly with the wide receivers, um, we're talking to Bucks color analyst Dave Moore. I, we all know what Mike Evans and Chris Godwin bring and how incredible they are. So I'd love to hear what you learned about the guys behind them of who you think could play a viable role here, uh, where you saw improvement, where there still needs to be improvement of guys like Scotty Miller, Tyler Johnson, Rashad Perriman, all these different guys that ended up having to come in and play some bigger roles due to some of the injuries. Yeah, they all stepped up and made some great plays. I mean, Perriman, he did a great job. Tyler Johnson, I thought, did a great job. Uh, Scotty Miller did. Scotty Miller's the more he plays and the more he feels like he's involved, the better he is. And he stepped up and made some plays. I mean, these guys are all talented guys. You know, are they going to become the Godwin and the Mike Evans? I don't know that too many guys are, but they're guys that can step in and handle the pressure. And they've all made plays in tough situations to win ball games or playoffs or, you know, kind of above the normal everyday uh, games on Sunday. So these guys are all you know, really good. Unfortunately, there's a lot of injuries, you know, so many soft tissue injuries where you really can't do anything but give it time. And that's kind of, you know, where a lot of these guys had to rotate in and out. Unfortunately, they just, they just ran out of bodies right. at the end. Right. Darden, a good, you know, Darden, I don't think we've seen enough of him at the wide receiver position to really know but you can tell he's explosive in space and he can run, you know, time will tell kind of on where he's going to fit into that. He is that quicker in smaller spaces type guy. So he may be able to kind of fill in that slot receiver position, but Godwin, you know, if he comes back healthy, I mean, there's nobody better doing that kind of stuff than him. So, you know, the question is going to be who's going to play opposite of, you know, of Mike Evans when Godwin goes into that slot position and Scotty Miller's got the speed to do it. And he worked hard last year to get that chemistry with Tom Brady and Tom was very comfortable with him, but, you know, injuries put him out. Other guys stepped up and played well. So, you know, it's going to be that number game, but I think they're all capable and they're all young guys. They're going to continue to get better, you know, and build chemistry with Tom Brady or whoever the next quarterback is and, and feel more comfortable in the offense. Todd Bowles and Byron Leftwich had to deal with so many different injuries this year. And we talked about the way that, um, you know, Byron Leftwich, I mean, he's still, it's crazy to remember, he's still pretty new at this coordinator role. And now, of course, getting some attention with some potential head coaching openings. Um, what did you, what impressed you the most about what both Byron Leftwich and Todd Bowles were able to do this year, despite being down so many key people? Well, just being able to tailor game plans around guys that, you know, aren't normally in there. And that's just, you know, during practice, uh, once you get into the season, the starters take the lion's share of the reps, you know, so the backups, they'll get a couple here and there and in between. And even now with the CBA and the inability to, to really play in pads as much and, you know, a lot of it is walkthrough. It's not full speed. So timing's an issue and all kinds of things really on both sides of the ball when you're disguising on defense to ultimately get to your location and on offense to try to get the timing with the quarterback on the deeper routes. If you're not running full speed, it's, it's a tough thing to time up. But to both of their credits, I mean, they were able to, 
you know, tailor game plans around uh, the bodies that we're playing. And when you look at the defense, when you're missing Shaq Barrett, you're missing Jason Pierre-Paul, and you're waiting for Murphy Bunning to come back, and you lose Carlton Davis, you know, that, that's tough. I mean, how do you play tight, bump and run man-to-man when you have bodies that, you know, like Richard Sherman had showed up and he hadn't played a game? You know, he had to go in there and start being here for three days. So for them to be able to, to rest Shaq Barrett, JPP, and still win football games and come away with 13 wins in the season um, with really a, a by committee on defense and on offense, you know, when your receivers are out and you lose Godwin, we saw a lot of three tight ends yesterday, a ton of them. <clears throat> and that was really, you know, probably some of it was by game plan. Some of it was probably by necessity because of, you know, the injuries and what they were trying to get done, you know, to affect the defense. So, you know, both of those guys did a great job and that's why they're getting attention. They're both great coaches and they, uh, you know, they do a good job game planning and adjusting. That's a big thing. You can put in a plan, but as a game unfolds, you, you, you know, both teams are making adjustments because they figure each other out and the chess part match or the, yeah, the chess match part of the game is really where you as a coordinator uh, make your money. Can can you figure out what they're doing and can you adjust to it and find the success you need to to win the game? And they both do that well. We have one more segment coming up here on Bucks Total Access brought to you by Advent Health with Bucks color analyst Dave Moore. This is the Buccaneer Radio Network. Buccaneers Total Access with head coach Bruce Arians now continues. Brought to you by Advent Health. It's time for our final segment here on Buccaneers Total Access. Brought to you by Advent Health. We have Buccaneer color analyst and former Buccaneer player Dave Moore. Uh, what were the parts of the defense that impressed you the most this year and then maybe you'd like to see the most improvement in, whether it's a position group or it's pass rush or run defense, individual aspects of it, what what really stood out to you despite all the injuries looking at the season overall? Well, on the defense, the, the defensive backfield, when you, when you finally got everybody back and were able to get in that tight bump and run man-to-man, um, you can see where you didn't have guys running wide open and you know, out of position and the communication was good. And that, that was an area where like, you're like, wow, you know, week one, Murphy Bunning gets hurt. And it was kind of shifting guys around and, and doing some things. And then once you got them back, I don't remember what week it was, 14 or 15 or something, you can kind of be like, wow, you know, this is what it's supposed to look like. And the same thing with the defensive line, when you get everybody healthy in there and you can see, against Philadelphia Eagles where Jason Pierre-Paul and Shaq Barrett were containing Hurts. Like if you watch the film of the Philly games prior to that, nobody was able to keep him in the pocket and they did a tremendous job keeping him in the pocket, forcing him inside. And then the push with Vita Vea and Dom Kinsu in the middle, and it made it very difficult for them to do anything. And that's why they dominated the game. You know, what you'd like to see is just more consistency you know, they get sacks and bunches, but then, you know, like yesterday, there were times where there was no pressure at all at Stafford. And regardless of how good your defensive backfield is, that defense is built on generating pressure. So if you can't do it with the front four that you're rushing, you're going to have to bring linebackers, safeties, corners to generate that pressure that you need because the defense takes chances. So 
the nickname for it is the feast or famine defense. So we're going to blitz you. And if you can find the open receiver and get it to a, get it to him before we get to you, then you're going to get a big play. And if we get there, then it's going to be a sack fumble. It's going to be a sack for a loss. Something good's going to happen for us, an interception. They, they got caught a few times just because they weren't able to generate enough pressure when they needed to. So just consistency. And, and that's really... I mean, pretty much with every team and every player, that's what separates the really good ones and the not so good ones. They're all good enough to be there. They all make plays. But how consistently can you do that on defense? And the more consistent you are getting pressure, the more sacks you're going to get, the more takeaways you're going to get. Well, I think Bucks fans probably feel a lot better about the ability to be consistent moving forward from a pressure standpoint than they would have maybe a few years ago when you knew Shaq and JPP, what they could bring, but then you weren't sure about after them with Joe Tryonshenka. Anthony Nelson, Cam Gill, even do you feel a sense of confidence in what the pressure could look like from the outside linebacker group moving forward? Yeah. I mean, we saw Tryon Choyanka the last in the special in the playoffs, especially show up and, and, and play well. And, and Anthony Nelson pretty much down the stretch, he, he figured something out. The light bulb went off in his head, but he was in good position. He got sacks. He made tackles. Uh, the hardest thing with Tryon Choyanka is, to let loose and do everything you can to get to the quarterback, but not get yourself out of position. And as a young guy, that's hard to do because if you're thinking about your responsibility, you're not playing hundred miles an hour. So you have to, you have to find that balance to be able to do that and make your best pass move to the quarterback, but yet don't lose your ultimate responsibility. And if that's contained, you got to make sure that that quarter stay, quarterback stays inside of you all the time, because once he gets out outside the pocket, there's nobody out there because they're all covering guys down the field. And then Anthony Nelson is a guy I feel like uh, he has always done a pretty good job of being where he's supposed to be, but now he's doing it a lot harder when it comes to the pass rush stuff and he's able to bull rush guys and get around guys, you know, being six, seven or whatever it is and making plays. So that's the thing, you know, try and show you, there is that learning curve at this level with the responsibilities of, uh, you know, playing at outside linebacker position. You know, it's different than the three-four. The three-four, the three-four is different than a four-three. Four-three, you clog all the gaps inside and make everything go sideline to sideline. Where the three-four, you're containing everything, forcing it back inside to your linebackers and those defensive linemen that are basically eating up the double teams. So you just have to understand the, the gap controls and the responsibilities and, and make sure that you're doing that first, but not slowing you down in the, in the process of trying to get after the quarterback. Well, Dave, thank you so much for joining us. This has been great. And of course we love listening to you and Gene all year long on the Buccaneers radio network. So thank you for that all year. And, and thanks for coming on here and enjoy your off season. Well, thanks. And you too. And I yeah, thanks. It. Thank it's you so a, it's much. It's been a great run. Unfortunately it ended, but I tell you, you know, they, they, they fought hard and that's really ultimately uh, something to be proud of. So that is very true. That comeback definitely showed that for sure. Well, thanks to all of you guys for listening to us this year on Buccaneers total access brought to you by Advent health. This is the Buccaneers radio network.